0: Hey guys, it's Michael. Today is February 5th, 2021, and today is the first episode of Washed Up Wonders. On the first episode, we break down this Dodger signing of Trevor Bauer, Super Bowl 55 predictions, keys to the games, and Mahomes vs. Brady debate. Alrighty, here we go. Welcome into Washed Up Wonders. I'm Michael Panzer. Alongside me, Jordan Goldstein. Our other team member, Diego Solares, is inactive for our first podcast. He's got he's got some baseball practice to go to. Jordan, what are your thoughts on that? The get first podcast, and he's inactive.
1: You know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, unforeseen circumstances come up. You know, coaches switch practice times, practice dates all the time. It's just something that you hate to see, but. You just gotta get through it in the end, especially being a baseball player myself. I know it's pain.
0: All right. Well, we'll introduce ourselves without him today. Um, so this is our first podcast. We're gonna be starting this right now here in the spring semester. I'm Michael Panzarella. I'm a junior at Illinois State, majoring in mass media. I love sports. I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan and Chicago Cubs fan. Also love the Bulls and the Blackhawks as well. Um always wanted to get into podcasting and, you know, with a lot of friends from home, we're all hometown high school friends. So I thought it was just about time to, you know, just start hitting record and start talking about the podcast. So Jordan.
1: Yeah, My name is uh, Jordan Goldstein. I'm a junior uh, sports marketing and management major at the university of Dubuque in Dubuque, Iowa. I also play baseball for the team here and I play in field shortstop. is my main position. I've been playing that all my life. Love it. And, uh, you know, the reason that I'm also excited with Mike here and Diego here, you know, we all share each other's thoughts on this. And uh, like Mike said, we're just really excited to, you know, start talking, start voicing our opinion for people to hear. And, you know, if it takes off from there, it's going to go. It's going to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. So let's start with the breaking news in baseball today. The Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer, uh, three year deal. This is just the most classic Dodgers signing you'll ever see. Um, they get the best free agent in baseball. There were a lot of talks about him going to the Mets. He ends up in LA. And this is horrible news for Diego. This is his punishment for not making the first podcast. The best pitcher in baseball goes to his big brother rival in the Dodgers. I want to hear your thoughts on this signing, Jordan, because this is just the, the Dodgers are absolutely stacked.
1: Yeah, the Dodgers—they—they they just added another guy into their rotation. You know, Trevor Bauer pitched with the Reds. You know, after that, before that, he pitched with Cleveland. He was a powerhouse pitcher, and I think he'll still continue to be like that coming in a new scenery like uh, LA. Um, you know, the deal—he has you know opted out, and like an opt-out clause in between a couple of years. But what do you think? My question for you, Mike. What do you think that his the Dodgers like just ca- cap space and everything like this? I know it's not a cap sport, but what do you think giving him over a hundred million dollars for
0: three years? Yeah. I mean, when you're, you know, in a billion dollar biggest market in baseball, you're able to do anything you want. And, you know, this continues to prove that case that, you know, without a salary cap, these big market teams are able to capitalize and get the best players when they're available. You know, he just won the Cy Young in the NL. He, you know, got traded to uh, Cincinnati a couple of years ago, was really good and dominant in Cleveland. And you know, this just it, it continues the window for the Dodgers because it, it just doesn't make sense because so many baseball teams, you know, they, they they build their farm systems, they build them all the way up and they finally get to the pros and they start competing, but it's just it's an outlier with the Dodgers because now that there's no salary, there, there's never been a salary cap. Their window for winning is just going to continue because they get to sign whoever they want. They don't have a three-year window with their guys that are all going to become free agents and some are going to go. They're going to be able to sign all their guys from in their team. They're going to be able to trade for the best players and they're going to be able to sign the best players in free agency. So it, again, it's just like the Dodgers have been going to the NLCS for the last six years. I that that's not going to stop for the next 10 at least when you have Mookie Betts, you know, Clayton Kershaw, you have MVPs all over left and right on this team. This roster is the best in baseball and it's just going to just continue to be like that.
1: Yeah, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, adding Trevor Bauer to the rotation, that's huge. Uh even, you know, just like I mean, they lost my one of my favorite guys on that Dodgers team was Kiké Hernandez. Kiké always brought the energy, but they are replacing him They're placing everybody on that roster. They have the, you know, they have the funds, they have the money to do that. And like I said, a big market team like, like LA, they can do whatever they want. It just kind of, it's kind of unfair for the rest of baseball.
0: Yeah. And they also lost Jack Peterson to our Cubs. That was a decent signing for us, especially with the money. And he's going to be able to start every day in left field, but to the Dodgers, that's just nothing. That's, you know, they're going to be able to you know, replace Peterson or they always have depth on their roster and throughout their minor league system. So they're going to build guys and then they're also going to trade for guys like Betts, you know, when that time, you know, comes back again. So uh, it was good talk there with the MLB, you know, finally something going on in the offseason That's really noteworthy because usually half the time with the MLB offseason, it's just rumors and that's about it. And then, you know, the signings come around spring training time and, I think the signing shows that baseball is just right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers reporting in less than two weeks now. The MLBPA is always having issues with when they're going to start the season, especially with COVID right now. Arizona is one of the biggest hotspots for COVID. So there's been a lot of speculation of how they should move spring training back to the spring and then have the season start in May, and it'd be 154 games they decline that, so they're gonna they're going to camp. Uh, there's a lot of teams getting ready to make their moves over there to start spring training, both in Florida and Arizona. So we're gonna see what happens with that because that's gonna be uh, uh, that's gonna be an interesting way because we're looking at the NBA and the NHL games are getting postponed every week. So baseball is gonna have to set themselves up where they can give themselves enough time with post uh, postpones uh, postponements in the spring that you know. Those games get played in the fall when they actually matter. And do you have any final uh, thoughts here on baseball right now?
1: Yeah, it's just going to be very interesting how they handle COVID, because, like you said, the NBA, the NHL, even the NFL, are still going. Like there is this uh, there's this thing on Twitter the other day of one of the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive linemen who had to get, had to get rushed out because his barber had COVID. He got half a haircut. Like yeah, how how yeah. are they going to stop the spread? I know baseball is like a more non-contact sport, but it's it's still going to find its way into the league.
0: Yeah, it's it's inevitable with COVID right now the way it spreads, and you know the way games are going to be postponed, especially in spring training. We'll probably see it as soon as those games start. But let's move on to the Super Bowl. Brought it up a little bit there Sunday, Super Bowl Fifty Five. We got the Chiefs and the Bucks. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, Chiefs are coming in favored at minus three. Um, I want to just, bre- uh, look back at the beginning of the first time these two teams played. The last time these two teams was the last time the Bucks lost a game. They're on a seven game win streak and they lost that game 24, 27. If you don't remember it, that was when Tyreek Hill, I know you remember that you had him in fantasy. He had over 200 yards in the first quarter. Yeah, that was, that was painful to watch, uh, because I needed you to lose in that fantasy game. So I remember that personally. Um, Brady had two picks. Uh, the Chiefs were up 20-7 to at halftime. Second half, the Bucs did definitely outplay them 17-7, to but the Bucs' defense wasn't able to get a stop. Mahomes was able to ice the game out, and they won 27-24. So, Jordan, I want to ask you this. Coming into this game, who do you got and why? Super Bowl 55.
1: All right, my Super Bowl 55 prediction. You know, a lot of people are running with Brady and, you know, trying to chase his seventh ring here. But I'm going to go with the kid and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on this one. You know, they won last year's Super Bowl. They were coming into this year's one of the favorites. I just think their offense is way too high-powered, especially, like you said earlier, Tyreek Hill is one of my main factors in this game. He absolutely torched the Tampa Bay passing defense last game they played. And I don't think they're stopping it. Tyreek Hill paired with Travis Kelsey paired with, you know, a couple of good running backs in there, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, even, like, their off, like, off receivers, like their wide receiver too, and, like, Nicole Hartman, like, they all have speedy guys on that team. It is going to be a tough, tough assignment for that Bucks defense. I know they're pretty good at stopping the run, but, you know, you got to think about Patrick Mahomes and what he can do with his arm. He's one of the best in the game right now. I think all the pressure's on Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough. I've been going back and forth throughout the last couple of weeks um since since the games were, you know, deciding the conference championship games. I'm, you know, I'm a Brady guy. I'm pretty vocal about that. I know there's a lot of people, especially that we know in our friend group that do not like Tom Brady. They say he's a system quarterback and I've always been to his defense on that and I picked the Bucs to get to the Super Bowl. I had a football pool and I picked it, I had Bills Chiefs or Bills-Bucks instead of Bucks-Chiefs. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bucks. I have to. I'm a Brady guy. Get a seventh ring, first year in Tampa Bay. I'm going to go 37-34. This is going to be a high-scoring game, without a doubt. I think you definitely need to hit the over in this game. There's going to be a lot of scoring. I heard the weather won't be that big of a factor. There's supposed to be some thunderstorms early in the morning, but I'm expect they're, they're expecting those to uh, clear out before the end of the game. I hope so, because the last thing we want is a game where – you know, the weather is affecting it with fumbles and slippery footballs and whatever like that. So, you know, hopefully we get a, a clear, neutral site. It is in Tampa, so we have to note that. Um, I'm going to bring you the keys to the game. Let's, let's talk keys to the game of how these two teams are going to win. I For the Bucs, they're going to have to sack Mahomes. They got him twice in the first game. They're going to have to get him four times because if you sack Mahomes four times, you think about that, that's four drives. And even if you do sack him, let's say on first down, he's going to be able to, you know, cancel that out, get the first down, keep the chains moving. So it, it's going to come down to those third down in uh, three, third down and five, and maybe some third down and longs for that Bucks defense. If they can get off the field, put pressure on Mahomes, especially early, because there's two requirements to beat the Chiefs. You have to, one, score 30 points, because that offense is going to score at least 30 points no matter what, especially in the playoffs. They've shown in every single game. And they were going to do that against the Browns if Mahomes didn't get hurt in the third. So you have to score at least 30 points to contend with them, and you can't turn the ball over. When Brady throws interceptions, they come in bunches. They're multiple. There's five games this season where he's thrown over multiple uh, interceptions in the game. So if he's able to stay to zero to one, I think if he throws one, he's at least throwing another one. So that's going to be two turnovers in the game like he did the last time they played. But I'm going to stick to it. I think he doesn't turn over the ball this game. And I think that the Bucs are going to be able to hold their ground on their offensive side. If the Bucs defense can make enough plays, stop them, I think the Bucs are going to score at least 30. They, they, they're they a walking 30 as well when you think about it. And I think the Chiefs defense, I, the Bucs defense is better, but I'm, I'm going to have to go with Brady because it, it's Tom Brady. I'm to, He has six game winning drives in Super Bowls, and he has six ranks. Like, I would not be surprised if he gets his seventh.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing to take into account. You know, just the, uh, just the experience of Tom Brady, you know, he's got six rings. He's, you know, he's getting, he's getting on the older part of his life and his uh, his football career, but he can still do it. He proved it this year, you know, winning without Bill Belichick, that was a huge, huge thing coming into this year. And he, I think he's proved it. You know, he's got weapons on you know, his receiving, his, in his receiving core as well as in the backfield, you know, he's got big Mike Evans out there. He that guy is a stud. Uh, he's got Chris Godwin in the, the, he's got Chris Godwin on, you know, the other side of the field. He can run in the slot, you know, even Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is a very underrated wide receiver, in my opinion. You know, he's not known for, you know, he's not a big name guy, but he can run with the best of them. Leonard Fournette has really impressed me throughout these playoffs, and I just like to, you know, they they're gonna have a very hard time. The Chiefs are gonna have a very hard time, in you know, defending this very balanced attack from Tom Brady and the Bucs.
0: I feel like you're you're kind of you're kind of buying yourself into the Bucs right now. I know you said the Chiefs, but the way you were talking right there, you were you're talking like I do. You're buying yourself into that Bucs offense. You're naming all their players. You're you saying before the show about you know how good that uh, Bucs defense is. What do you have for a final score? What would be your prediction for this game?
1: you know i want it to be i want it to be a high scoring game i want it to be a shootout shootouts are the best and most exciting thing an nfl game can you know produce out of the two teams uh, i know you said you wanted 37 to 34 tampa bay i think i think if it's you know clear weather if injuries don't come into a factor kansas city and tampa might put up big points i'm looking at a 44 to 41 game right now
0: yeah that yeah I mean the the way this game could go it could end up being like that and I, I you know you, you look at Super Bowl numbers statistically they're always lower scoring than the team's averages throughout that whole entire season I don't see that being the case I know that the Bucks' defense is good it, it, and honestly they've played great at moments especially in the postseason but like I kind of alluded to basketball is like you can have great defense in basketball, but at the end of the day, just like the scoring is better. You're just taller, you're bigger, you're faster, you're stronger. And I think that's what the the chiefs offense is. It's at the end of the day, they're going to score at least 30 points. I think the bucks are going to score at least 30 points. And I I got one last question here about this game. How how do you see the, we're talking about the bucks defense. We're talking about both their offenses. The X factor in this game is obviously the chiefs defense, I say that the Bucs are a walking 30, but I will give credit to the Chiefs' defense because they play phenomenal in situational football. They know how to stop in the red zone. They know when to get key turnovers, and it's not like their defense is bad. They definitely have a lot of good names on that front line. Uh, their safeties really uh, plays well, and they got some underrated linebacking play too. So my question to you, Jordan, here is how do you see the Bucs' offense matching up with the Chiefs' defense?
1: How do I see the Bucks offense matching with the Chiefs defense? I think my number one my number one thing is the honey badger in the secondary there. You know, he's the man's a ball hawk. The man, you know, he he's just a he just knows football. He's been underrated in the past, but I think he found a home with this uh, Chiefs defense. You know, he really makes it his own. You know, he's a, like I said, he's a ball hawk. If Tom Brady throws interceptions, it might be to Tyron Matthews. Oh,
0: definitely. That's definitely the guy to pick. And if you're betting a yeah. prop bet, Tyron Matthew is definitely the guy that's going to get the interception in this game. He's going to jump a play, definitely.
1: Yeah, then another guy that I have on here, uh, Frank Clark. You know, Frank Clark is a huge, huge guy. He's a big defensive end. You know, defensive ends, their, their primary goal is to sack the quarterback. And I think having Frank, uh, having Frank Clark – and even Anthony Hitchens at his uh in the at the linebacker position, that's gonna be interesting how they defend the pass game. And that the Buccaneers offensive line needs to hold up against them in order for them to win. Tom Brady gets sacked, Tom Brady turns the ball over. That's gonna be a hard time for the Buccaneers to mount a comeback against a hot Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned Anthony Hitchens as a cowboy fan, it pains me that the Chiefs signed both Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. They're both linebackers, and they are so underrated in what they do for this Chiefs team. They were underrated for what they did in the Cowboys, and that's why they weren't able to get their second contracts. They're going to have tough matchups, though, because those linebackers in the flats, they're going to have to be facing Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. I think the Chiefs do have the advantage there because the chief, or the, the Bucks running backs – if you look at a lot of the drops, the Bucs were one of the highest teams in drops this season, and a lot of it was coming from their running backs. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are not good out of the backfield catching the ball, only on screens. I'm talking like the play happens, it's going, and they just run out to the flat, and Brady will throw it to him. You know how many times they drop the ball? I don't know if you like noticed that in their games. So I think there's going to be an advantage there for the Chiefs uh, linebacking core against the Bucs uh, running backs.
1: Yeah, yeah. like I said, uh, like you said there, uh, their running backs do drop the ball a lot. I, I remember a lot of drop passes from under Fournette, and they look like easy catches. I mean, I know the pressure's there, you know, having, like, the linebacker or corner on you in that situation, and you hear their footsteps, and you don't want to get laid out. But, you know, your primary objective in that place is to catch the ball. you can't catch the ball, you can't make a play. You need to make plays against this Chiefs defense. You need to make plays against this Chiefs team in general for you to be able to win this game.
0: Yeah, it is so important to catch that ball just from a football standpoint because if let's say it's on 1st and 10, it's a 2nd and 6, a 2nd and 7, even a 2nd and 8, if you catch the ball for 2 yards is much different from a 2nd and 10 going into the next play. But let's uh let's switch gears here. We're going to we're going to continue about the game. This is more about the storyline. And we both agree on this, who's on uh, who's in more pressure on Sunday? Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at this from a big picture perspective. I know that these two guys, as long as you know the interviews are going on throughout the week, they're not going to talk about it. They're going to be talking about the game. But from an analyst standpoint, this is our job. We're going to be debating who's the greatest quarterback ever. This game could honestly decide it, and I, I know Tony Romo said this comment: "If uh, Mahomes loses, he's got no shot." And everyone was jumping on that, disagreeing. I agreed with that statement because if you look at it, if Brady has seven, how does Mahomes get to that? Because if he gets seven, the tiebreaker goes to Brady, and you like winning eight Super Bowls is just absurd. It's absurd to win seven. So, who is on? Who's in? Uh, who's under more pressure this week? I want to hear your thoughts about why you think it's Brady.
1: Yeah, like you said, uh, I t- think it's Tom Brady 100%. You know, uh, like I said earlier in this podcast, uh, Tom Brady, he's getting towards the end of his career here. We don't know if he'll retire after the season or if he'll come back to the Bucks. I think he'll come back for one more season, but it would be a great, great way to go out with a seventh Super Bowl ring, uh, Super Bowl ring. But yeah, uh, Tom Brady, it, all the pressure falls on him. I think he knows what he's. He needs to do, he knows what he needs to do to go out there and like compete and win this football game. But like you said, it's just Patrick Mahomes, the kid, you know, he he's just a gamer. The guy shows up in big moments. The whole Chiefs team shows up in big moments. And when you're surrounded by stars like Tyreek Hill and uh and their tight end, Travis Kelsey, like it's just it's gonna be a story, it's gonna be a Super Bowl for the ages, I think. And it will really sum up Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes' career.
0: Yeah, another note I want to add to this is you look at all the quarterbacks, great quarterbacks in the NFL, when they're on their first team forever, like Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, they went to their second teams. Joe Montana went to Kansas City. A lot of people don't remember that. He wasn't able to win. He went to two playoffs, wasn't able to get anything done. Peyton, going to Denver, he went to two Super Bowls, obviously won his last one and i feel like for brady i i I think he's gonna play till he's at least 45 he was talking about that earlier this week he's 43 right now so i i still think we have another at least two more seasons uh obviously with injuries not being considered into this so it's it's like you go to your second team did you win i know i know he'll at least get to the super bowl and that'll be part of it but if he wins it the, the debate is over, and I think Brady moves into an even bigger debate of the greatest athlete or the most – he's going to be talked about being compared to Jordan in basketball. That's how big he's going to be. He's going to be compared to other players in tennis and boxing as well. So it's it's going to come down to that. But the, the pressure for Brady is because of Mahomes. Mahomes is – I'm looking at this. It's like for Brady, he's, he's canceling all the check marks off. He handled Payton. He handled Big Ben. He did all. He already did the AFC. He comes to the NFC his first year. Crosses out Breeze. Crosses out Rodgers. But then he he's got a, he's got one last check mark at the bottom, and it's Mahomes. It's I, I gotta finish him one last time. It's it's the future versus the past, and they're both clashing in the present. This is probably gonna be the last time they ever play each other. Probably last time I said that though, I was wrong. Because they played two years ago in New England, but then he went to Tampa. And I was like, they're probably not going to play again unless it's the Super Bowl. And this is where we are now. So the, the pressure is definitely on Brady because he can finish off everything. He can he can just, it's undisputed what he is and who he is. But for Mahomes, let's take a look at the Mahomes perspective. Because now if he wins two rings, three seasons starting, four years, he's gonna win a, he's gonna win two Super Bowls before he loses 10 regular season games. And now we're talking about him as the greatest quarterback ever because not only Brady's obviously not the best player talent wise. He definitely doesn't have the best arm, but there's a lot of other things that go into it that Brady has tangibles and and, and intangibles apart. But for Mahomes – He's got the arm. He's got the athleticism, the speed, the running. He can do every every single thing you want a quarterback. He does, and now he's going to have the accomplishments aside. So, if Mahomes wins two Super Bowls back to back, first time ever since Brady did it, I mean, how do you how do you look at Mahomes if they win this game? How
1: do I look at Mahomes if they win this game?
0: Uh, it's a tough question. I mean, I mean, it's just like, how do you, it, what do you how it, what's going to be his what's going to be his legacy now?
1: You know. Like uh, four four seasons into the NFL, into the National Football League against the most respected, most coveted, and most decorated, like one of the most decorated guys in all of sports, Tom Brady. Uh, For me, like if I'm going to look at, like if we flip the script here and and we look at the pressure that comes on Mahomes, Mahomes is going up against, you know, probably one of his idols. You know, how hard is that to take him off? Like take, like, take Brady off of Mahomes' checklist. Like, just to go off that, I just – Mahomes is just going to be a guy his whole career. You know, injuries not coming into effect with that. I know he's had the concussion. He came back from that concussion super quick. So I'm, that's another one of my, like, key points in the game. How is he going to do with injuries? But for Mahomes' career, this is going to be a staple game. This is going to be probably one of the games of his career, and you don't get that shot too, too often.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, when they talk about Mahomes, they talk about how, you know, he he's already a Hall of Famer. He's already the GOAT if he wins this game. I wouldn't go that far yet, but he's definitely setting himself up to be that because now if you win two championships – Let's say they win a three P. Now you're gonna be okay. Like, all right, he's got three championships in four seasons. And then he's gonna be playing for another 12 years. So he the the wins early in his career set him up, set himself up for later. And that's what happened with Brady. Brady won three titles in four years in his first, you know, six years of his career or whatever it was. So it's it's just setting yourself up to become the greatest player. I think that's how it looks because he's still got a lot of football left. He's going to be playing for another 20 years. That's why this game is so important because when it comes to these two players and, you know, I know football is a team sport, obviously, but, you know, it's, it's a question that, you know, it's always going to be asked in every sport. It's obviously more focused about basketball with who's to go, you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron. And I'm sure we'll definitely be touching about that on this podcast sometime probably within, you know, the next couple of months the way the Lakers have been playing cuz that the debate, you know, continues to grow. But uh do you have any other uh, last thoughts here on this?
1: No, I just think this is going to be this might amount to one of the best Super Bowls in the history of the National Football League. I'm excited to watch it from a from a betting standpoint. I think it's going to be very tough to, you know, pick pick against Brady and also pick against Mahomes and the Chiefs, like you gotta, you gotta put if you want to put your money somewhere. Like I, I might be biased. Like I know I talk pretty well against. Uh, I talk pretty well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but like I said, I think the Chiefs are going to take it. I I think this is going to be Patrick Mahomes' uh, stable career game. Saying I beat the goat, I beat Tom Brady, and give him a chance. At, you know, see what he does the rest of his career. Yeah, I
0: mean. That's really what it comes down to. If you're picking the Bucks, you're picking it because of Brady. You're picking it because you think their defense is gonna do their job and and they're gonna finish it. And if you're picking the Chiefs, like you are, you're picking it because what? They went 15 and 1 in the regular season uh with Mahomes or whatever it was. I know he only lost one game this year. They're twenty they've won their like twenty five out of the last twenty six. I mean, I mean, it's this is definitely the game where like if you pick the wrong team, you're going to look stupid. Because let's say you pick the Bucs, you're going to be like – and the Chiefs win, you're going to be like, look at the Chiefs. Look at what they've been doing for the last two years. How did you just ignore that? what happened? But if the Bucs win and you pick the Chiefs, kind of going off of what we have, it's like, why would you pick against Brady? You know what he's in the Super Bowl. You know what he does in these type of games. So, I mean, it, it really comes down to that. I mean, it's definitely the safer pick to pick the Chiefs. I picked the Bucs going into the playoffs – So I'm going to stick with that pick, but it's definitely easier, I would say, to pick the Chiefs because I I, I base that on who I'll ask you this. Who do you think has a better chance of blowing a team out? The Bucs having a better chance to pull the Chiefs out or vice versa? I mean, again, I
1: think it's the Chiefs. Exactly. It is.
0: The Chiefs are
1: just, you know, that good. The Chiefs have all the stars, have all the stud talent. You know, any any member of that Chiefs offense can break a playoff. And it doesn't even have to be Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey to do it. I think that's scary, and that's, that should scare the Bucks. But, again, that's just another thing for the Bucks defense to worry about.
0: Yeah, I definitely think Andy Reid coming off of two weeks for preparation – if there were a team to do a trick play in this game, I was thinking about it. I was like, the, the Bucks are not going to do one. They're not going to, like, throw a pass to Brady or something and do, like, a reverse or whatever. No Andy Reid definitely could draw something up, and I think it could be in the red zone, something where they just design where a lineman catches the ball or Mahomes goes out for a pass. I definitely could see Andy Reid drawing some play up that – could decide the game if it's right before halftime, it's it's a big play late in the game. There's definitely gonna be a situation in this game where Andy Reid's coaching is gonna be such a big advantage for the Chiefs. And I'm not that big of a Bruce Arians fan. So the the chances the Bucs are gonna take, they're gonna take their that's where Brady's interceptions are gonna come in. Brady's gonna take a shot or two. And you know, I, hey, it was a punt. It was, you know, a third down and long. I'm gonna throw it as far as I can. If it gets picked off, it gets picked off. But if it doesn't, that's the big play for the Bucs. For the Chiefs, it's definitely going to be some play Andy Reid designs. Tyreek Hill is going to go in motion. I don't know. He's going to run his four one forty and just take off like that. So. That's going to do it for our first episode of Washed Up Wonders. Me and Jordan finished up that first episode. Hopefully, we can have Diego in for the second one. That one will come next week. We'll do a Super Bowl recap. We're going to be talking a little bit more MLB free agency and spring training as that comes up. We're also going to be getting into the NFL offseason. The draft process will start to begin. We're also going to be talking as the NBA continues, and that starts heating up, heading into the playoffs. So That's a little bit of the direction of where this podcast is going to go. Thank you for watching. Please leave a like, comment, anything. This is our first uh, podcast. We're going to continue to build on this. We're going to continue to grow. Thank you for watching. If you've gotten to this part, uh, make sure to leave a like, comment, and uh, thank you for watching.